Hey everyone, welcome to the House Church Podcast. This is Pastor Jamie here. I'm so glad you decided to join us for today's broadcast. Every time we come together as a church, people encounter God. So my prayer is that you too would experience His presence and hear His voice for yourself. Please enjoy today's message. How's everybody this morning? Amen. I'm excited to be here. So blessed to be able to share with you this morning uh, what the Lord has uh, put on my heart. As I said in the, in the first service, uh, this is actually a series that the Lord has given me. And uh, prayerfully, uh, as I talked to Pastor Jamie, maybe in a couple months I can come up and share part two. If part one blesses you, if it doesn't, then (laughs) I'll move on. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're you're so good. You're good. You're you're so good. We'll just sit there for a minute and just reflect on your goodness. You're amazing. You're awesome. You're you're glorious, you're spectacular, you're, you're God all by yourself, and, and we are so grateful that you would show up this morning and be with us. Jesus, you are Lord. We lift your name on high. We, we glorify your name, and Spirit of God, we ask that you would move through the sanctuary today. You, you have free reign to minister to us, to touch our hearts, to prick our conscience, to show us and guide us and encourage us to be more like Jesus so that he would glorify the Father. Lord, I ask that you would uh, touch my lips. Help me to communicate your heart this morning. I pray that the people move closer to you because of this word. And we ask that you bless it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You know, baptisms are amazing. I love baptisms at the house. It, it is a, it's a celebration, man. It's, it is so good. It is actually a good reminder that in the spirit realm, there are two teams. There's Team Jesus, and then there's the Kingdom of Darkness, the darkness team, or I say the world team. There's only two. There's, there's not a third team where there's like, you know, I'm in, I'm in a neutral zone. I'm not quite sure whose team I'm on. No, no, no. You're, on, you're in one of two camps. You're, you're, you're in one of two camps. Colossians 1 verse 13 tells us clearly he has rescued us 
from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. You're either in the kingdom of the son he loves, you're either on Jesus' team, team Jesus, or you're not. There's no neutral zone, there's no third team, there's only two teams. Now this morning, I'm talking to team Jesus. Now, now let's be clear. If you're not on Team Jesus or you're not sure, I want to talk to you after service because I want you on Team Jesus. But today is not an evangelical message. I'm not here trying to get a whole bunch of people saved. I want people saved. I want everybody to come into the kingdom. I want everybody to know Jesus as their Lord. That's my heart desire. But this morning... I feel the Lord is calling me to talk to Team Jesus. Is that okay? Can I, can I talk to Team Jesus? I mean, I th one of the things I believe the Lord's given me, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm a leader. I, I, you know, I, I want to be involved, and I feel God has called me to kind of say things to the body sometimes. Talk to us about things that are on his heart. And this morning, God has got me talking to you about something that's on his heart. Now, this message I'm calling, it's the, the series I'm on is this, I'm, I'm calling it the Kingdom Warrior Series. Man, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, I'm a warrior for God. I want to, I want to, I want to take all the land that's his. I want him to get everything that he paid for. I want to be a part of that. I want Jesus to get everything he paid for. Every kingdom, every soul, I want it all. I want it all. I want him to get it all. I want the kingdom of the world to become the kingdom of our God and his Christ. Now, it will, but I want to be a part of that. God put me on earth with a purpose to be a part of that. And when I stand before him, I want him to say, man, Austin, well done. You did a good job as part of this thing I am doing. You were faithful over the things I gave you. Now come, get in your inheritance. That's what I want God to say to me. I'm on his team. I'm playing his game. And I want him to say, man, you're doing a good job. That's me. I hope you're thinking the same thing. If you're not, I hope by the end of the day you will. Because, see, some people say, well, you know, this, this, this warrior thing, what are you talking about? Can I just be a Christian? Can I just, like, live my life? I'm saved. I love Jesus. Can I just live my life and go to heaven? Well, you can. <laughs> but if it was just about getting saved and going to heaven, as soon as you got saved, Jesus would have medevaced you out of here and talked you to heaven. He's like, man, yeah, it's just about salvation. Let's go. No, 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 no. We're called to do things for him. We're called to advance the kingdom of God in the earth. Can I get a witness this morning? So, 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 so if we're called to do that, if we're called to do that, then I think it's important that we do it his way. So our anchor text this morning, where we're going to, where we're going to, like, settle, where we're going to, kind of build our case is from 2 Timothy 2, chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. 
And I think they're going to put it up there for us to, to read together. Second Timothy 2, for chapter 2, verse 2. <laughs> 3 through 5. Is it up? Yeah, it's up. So Paul, talking to Timothy, says this. He says, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Say, good soldier of Christ Jesus. Mm. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Wow. So apparently, there is a way to be a good soldier. Apparently, in this race we're running, this competition we're in, there are rules. I don't get to just to set my own rules. And as a soldier, I just don't do whatever I want to do. I don't follow my own way. I don't, I don't walk my own way. I, don't, I just don't you know, decide, hey, today, this is what I'm going to do. No, I, 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 I listen to what my commanding officer says, and I do the things he tells me to do. And I don't allow myself to get entangled with civilian affairs. I, I love this because it's a picture Paul's trying to show the church. He says, hey, don't get all entangled in how the world does stuff. Don't engage the way the world engages. Follow the commands of your commanding officer. Now, I could just drop the mic and go away, but I'm not. You know, I was in the military, and um, I, I remember the first day I showed up at the Naval Academy. I had an afro, and they immediately shaved it off, kind of like it is now. But now I just wear it like this because, you know, that's how we roll today. But back then, I had an afro, and they shaved it off. And then I remember very, very like it was yesterday, they stand us in a line. We're in, we're in a line in the formation. We're at attention, and they start teaching me how to march. Left, right, left. Left, right, left. They don't, it was interesting. You don't start on your right foot. You start on your left foot. And as I thought about that and as I was preparing today, I realized that marching is a foundational pillar for every military person. It doesn't matter what branch of service you're in. I think there's some Army people in here probably, some Navy people, some Coast Guard people. Tell me if I'm right. Didn't we all learn how to march? So what you do? It, it's, it's a foundational, like every modern military teaches their soldiers, their sailors, their airmen how to march. It's just a, it's just, it's just a foundational thing that we learn how to do. 
And as a kingdom soldier, as a, as a kingdom warrior, there are certain things that we all have to do. There are certain key pillars that we're all called to learn. We're not going to go over them all today, but you can think of some, some of them like prayer, faith, mercy. There are a number of things that, that we're called to do. And the, and the pillar that the Lord was really getting him, you know, really like imploring me to get to, because I don't think we talk about it enough as a pillar of how we're supposed to operate as kingdom soldiers, is love. Like love, like agape love. The, we talk about agape love a lot. I mean, this, this love, this charity, this unconditional affection, unconditional affection, goodwill towards people, benevolence, this, this love. It is a foundational pillar. When I'm enlisted into the army of Jesus and I'm going to be a good soldier, I need to learn how to love. It's not optional. Just like marching wasn't optional. I didn't get to choose how I wanted to march. If everybody's going left, right, left, and I'm going right, left, right, I'm out of order. I didn't get to choose to be out of order. Like, think about it. I couldn't just do my own thing. I had to do it the way the Navy told me how to do it in order to be a good sailor. And with love, we have to recognize we have to do it the way God tells us to do it. We don't get to love the way we want to love. We have to love the way God tells us to love. Can I get a witness? I mean, you don't, you don't get an option. If you're going to be a good soldier, you have to love the way God tells us to love. Can I get that? Can, are we, are, do you agree with me? Team Jesus, do you agree with me? I mean, if you agree with me, say amen. So, 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 so let's go to 1 John <laughs> Thank you. So good. Because this just basically supports the point. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from who? Love comes from God, which means he defines what love is. I don't. God defines what unconditional love is. I don't. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Stop. Now, now there, this, this could be kind of interesting because I want to make sure I'm clear about something. I am not saying that people who call themselves Christians but don't operate from a posture of love don't know God. I am not saying that. It would be foolish for me to try to judge your heart and tell you if you know God or not. But what I do feel comfortable saying is that if you don't operate from a posture of love, you're not a good soldier. 
I feel very confident in saying if you operate from any other posture than love, if, if your motivation is anything else but love, I feel very confident in saying you are not a good soldier. And our desire to be as kingdom warriors is we want to be good soldiers. We want to do what Paul asks us to do in 2 Timothy 2. I want to be a good soldier. So it's interesting. When I look at it through that lens, now let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. I want to continue to just build on why this is important. And I think we have the Amplified. If I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love for others growing out of God's love for me, then I have become only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, just an annoying distraction. And if I have the gift of prophecy and speak a new message from God to the people and understand all mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have all sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains but do not have love, reaching out to others, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it does me no good. As a soldier, if it does me no good, does it do the fellow soldiers around me any good? I'm in community with you. If it does me no good, and it doesn't do you any good, then why should I do it? You know, it's interesting. I, 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 I look at things happening now in the world, in our nation. I see prophetic messages going out and, and statements, and, and, and I look at it and I go, wow, you know, is the motivation behind these things, is there love? Is that the motivating factor? And sometimes I'm not quite sure. And if I'm not sure, then I wonder if it's really meaningful. Like, does it really matter? I mean, if I can, if I can just, if I can prophesy and read your mail and just, and take you there, but this is not love that's motivating if it's because I want you to think I'm a great prophet. Does that matter? You know, if God can use me to, to heal the sick and, 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 and go through that, but I'm doing that because I want to be great and want people to think I'm a great, you know, person that flows in miracles. Does that really matter? Does Jesus really care? Does he, I mean, does he really care? Does, now, I'm not saying he can't use it, but when he looks at it, does he go, man, that's good? Or does he say, yeah, that's just another soldier doing their own thing? Walking their own way. Thinking they're serving me, but they're really not. Because, because love has to be the primary motive. If it's not, it's just nothing. Paul even said, it's nothing. It's meaningless. It's, it's, it's like trash. And there are a lot of well-meaning, 
quote-unquote mature, highly spiritual, gifted people whose motivation is questionable because they don't seem to operate from a posture of love. And so my spiritual giftedness, my spiritual maturity, my spiritual capacity, if it's not grounded and rooted in love, then I need to really check myself. Now, God really, man, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to me. Okay, I'm talking to me. I'm just, you know, sometimes when the Lord gives me a word, it's for me. And, and you just get the benefit of it. But, but it's for me. Now, you know, I started thinking about love. I said, but, you know, love is a very, uh, it's a personal thing. Like, I, I cannot, I, I cannot judge your heart. I can't look in your heart and see what you're thinking or, or really know, you know, how you feel, how you feel about people. I, I can't do that. I mean, I can see fruit, but I can't really judge your heart. Only you can do that. Only I can do that. And so what the Lord was showing me said, when it comes to love, Austin, you need to be very self-reflective. You need to spend a little time on this particular subject because it's important to me. That's what the Lord was saying. And you tend not to. You think, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I love everybody. I, you know, I get unconditional love. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Corinthians 13 guy. I get it, Lord. No, and God was like, yeah. And, 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 and what I found is that God began to show me that in this particular area, and there are other areas in my life, I'm not going to talk about those today, but, there, but on, the, on the love area, I, I find that I, that I operate in what I call the good-bad paradigm. Let me help you set it. I'm going to set it up for you. So in Matthew 23, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Whoa, you Pharisees, you scribes, you hypocrites. And he goes on just roasting them. Now, it's interesting. I used to read that and go, man, Jesus is roasting these people. He doesn't really like them. But then as I looked through it again, I was like, no, Jesus is really trying to coach these people up. These, these powerful supposedly unapproachable people, Jesus is going directly at their heart, and he's trying to coach them up. Now, he's doing it kind of tough, and if anybody who's played sports knows, sometimes coaches come hard at you. Sometimes they're not like trying to coddle you. Sometimes they just go hard. They tell you the truth, and hopefully, and so that's what Jesus is doing here. Now, when I read that passage, Pharisees, scribes, hypocrite, I was like, man, Pharisees are bad people. Pharisees are hypocrites. Hypocrites are bad people. Now, I'm a good person. I'm not a bad person. So I don't allow myself to look at my life through a, the lens of potentially being a hypocrite. Because no one likes to feel 
like they're a bad person. Am I alone? So, 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 I, so, so I never looked at my life through the lens of Austin. Are you being a hypocrite? Because I don't want to be a hypocrite. Because hypocrites are bad people. Hypocrite bad. I'm not a hypocrite, so I'm not even going to allow myself to think about that. And I won't allow the Holy Spirit to minister to me through that lens because I don't want to. Because I don't think he has to. Because I'm not a hypocrite, so why would the Holy Spirit have to minister to me in that area? Now, that's just me. But I'm sensing that if we're going to be real honest this morning, a lot of us don't allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us and show us where we are being hypocritical when it comes to our love game. So, like, what is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is not a Pharisee. A hypocrite is a person whose actions are not consistent with their claimed or stated beliefs. So if I say that I love unconditionally, but when I see that transgender guy come in and I immediately put him in a category and, and judge him, am I being a hypocrite? But because I don't look at my life through the lens like that, I don't think I'm doing anything wrong. I'm just putting them over there, and man, he needs to get saved, and he needs a change, and he needs to deal with that, and, and I just move on, and I think I'm okay. But the fact of the matter is, I am not loving that person unconditionally. Now, unconditional love doesn't mean I have to accept or approve of or, or do anything like that, but it does mean I need to look at that person with compassion, with a heart towards, man, how do I get that person to understand a little bit more about Jesus and, and, and what can I do? Okay, yeah, that's, that's the transgender, but I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the, the liberal conservative piece. That's a liberal person over there. Yeah, he's woke. So I'm not even going to necessarily love that person. I'm going to tell him why he's wrong. I'm going to tell him why he needs to change. I'm going to tell him why his thought process doesn't align with, with Jesus. As if I could tell somebody. Like, and I'm seeing a lot of that. Yeah, I, 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 I say I love all people, but that homeless guy, over there in the corner who looks like he's drug addicted, man, you know, you need to get some help, bro. You need to get fixed. And then I move on. See, the Lord began to show me, he said, Austin, we put people, he said, you put people because he loves everybody. <laughs> God loves everybody unconditionally, man. It's so amazing. He said, man, I, look, I, huma I love humanity. I don't, I don't put humanity any kind of box I mean I love humanity my love is not conditional he said but Austin you tend to put people in quadrants so he showed me this he showed me this picture I'll call it I call it the love quadrant he said you know on the on the vertical angle that is 
importance. As people move up, they're more important. As they're down, they're less important. He said on the, on the, on the horizontal angle, it's likability. Less likable, more likable. So like my wife, my children, they're highly important. They're very likable. They're up here. The people at my job, they're important to me. And they may or may not necessarily be likable, but they're up here in this quadrant. And there are people that might not necessarily be important, but man, they're really likable. And they're over here. He said, but the majority of people you come across, Austin, are down here. They're not really important to you, and they're not really likable. So you don't spend any time thinking about them. You don't spend time interacting with them. You don't spend time thinking about how you can help them, how you can interact, how you can move. They are just the unlikable, unimportant people, and you think that you're operating as an unconditional lover, and frankly, bro, you're not. Because most of the people you come across, Austin, if you're going to be honest, fit in that lower category, and you don't love them, you don't care about them, and so really, you are a hypocrite. Now that's just me. All y'all are perfect, that's just me. And so, Austin, since you're a hypocrite, and since you don't love unconditionally, you should ask yourself, are you a good soldier? Austin, you should ask yourself, are you really engaging the world the way Jesus engages the world, or are you engaging it the way you want to engage it? But because you're an elder at the church and people think you can prophesy and blah, blah, you think you're good. I said, oh. I said, wow, Lord, so what are you saying to me? He said, Austin, it's time for you to love the world the way I do. It's time for you to engage the world the way Jesus engaged the world. He didn't put people in the boxes. He didn't put people in the quadrants. He didn't put people in to say, oh, I'm engaged with you because I like you, or I'm engaged with you because you're important. He engaged everybody. And he was moved by the Spirit of God to engage who the Spirit of God told him to engage. And house family, we're called to engage the world the way Jesus engages the world and be led by the Spirit of God in that effort. And if we don't want to do that, then we are basically telling Jesus, I'm my own soldier, I want to do it my own way, and frankly, I'm not a good soldier. But I want you to bless me anyway, I want you to do things for me anyway, and I want you to just you know, bless, bless me indeed.
We're in a time that Jesus wants the church to engage the world the way he does. And we need to be honest about how we do it. We need to be self-reflective about how we do it. And then we want to ask God's heart to be our heart. Like, I want my heart, I, I, I realized as I was praying about this yesterday, I was like, man, Lord, I don't ask you to really give me your heart for humanity. Oh, yeah, I got a heart for black people. But that gay East Indian down the road, I really don't care about him because he's in his lower quadrant. Oh, yeah, Lord, I got, I got, I got, I got love for the people in the house. But that transgender girl across the street, I'm judging her and telling her how she needs to get right and don't really care and don't really feel convicted that I didn't care. And God was showing me the reason you're not convicted is because you don't allow your heart to open up to my heart so that I can convict you because you don't think you need conviction because you don't think you're a hypocrite. So you will never look at yourself through that lens and allow me to minister to you. That's what God was showing me. And a lot of the church, if we're going to be honest, think like that. We think we're okay. Man, I come to church. Man, I love God. I love Jesus. Man, I, can, I unconditionally love everybody. And I don't even think about the places that I don't. Because if I did, that would open me up to some, some pretty difficult stuff. And, and sometimes we just don't want difficult stuff. We don't want God to really minister to the areas that he wants to minister us to. So we just don't open ourselves up to it. Like God's a gentleman. He will not, like, force himself on you. God will not force you to change your mind. Oh, man, I'm, I'll talk over here. God will not force you to change your mind. You have to decide that you want him to. You have to decide that you will let him in and start speaking to you in the areas that you need change in so that he will change your mind. And if you don't feel you need your mind changed because you think you're a good Christian, let me tell you something, bro. You're missing it. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's got there. Nobody's there yet. Nobody looks like Jesus. We're supposed to be trying to espouse to be like him. But if I don't spend time really trying to figure that out, I will never look like him. I'll look like who I want to look like and think I'm doing what God wants me to do. Man, that's delusional. That's delusional, man. God showed me, he's like, man, it's about time that the church stopped acting delusional. Let's get real. Let's get real about where we are. Let's get real about what he wants us to do. Let's get real about where God wants us to be. And then if you're here and he wants you there, then start taking steps there. Just don't think you're fine because you think you're fine. Let me tell you, man, you're not fine. If you have an attitude that you think you're right where you need to be, and there's no other improvement. Man, you don't understand how God works. He's always moving. He's always expanding. He's always getting better. We need to be the same. We need to get better. We got to want to get better. We want to be like him. 
And let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, a foundational pillar is getting this love thing right. Don't come talking to me about, man, I want God to take me to the third heaven. I want to see great revelation, blah, 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 and not love people. I don't care. Don't talk to me about, man, I want to go to the nations and heal the sick and, and not have love. I don't care. Don't tell me about how you want to be a great miracle worker and, and do great crusades and, and bring a whole lot of people to Christ, but show me that your love quadrant down here in the lower quartile, you're not even thinking about that. Man, I don't care. Because those gifts mean nothing. And frankly, being on Team Jesus, I want my gifts to matter to him. So when I read 1 Corinthians 13, now I'm looking at it through a different lens. I mean, I used to think about it in terms of, you know, people getting married and loving people and, you know, if I don't have love. But God was showing me, he's like, no, man. I mean, that's true. But it's really about your heart posture and really reflecting on your heart posture and really letting the Holy Spirit minister to you in your heart posture and your love towards humanity. This is about humanity, people. This is not about the house church. This isn't about North Minneapolis. This isn't about white, black. This isn't about Republican, Democrat. No, this is about everybody. This is humanity. Jesus wants everybody. No, no, Jesus wants everybody. He just doesn't want the white conservative Christian. He just doesn't want the black Baptist Christian. He wants everybody. He wants the transgender girl. He wants the gay guy. He wants the, 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 the witch down the street. He wants the warlock across the river. He wants everybody. And if I'm not trying to reach everybody, I got to question my heart condition and my love posture. And I have to question, am I a good soldier? And I've been getting to realize, man, I haven't been the best soldier that I need to be. And I want to be a better one. I want to be a better one because I want Jesus to look at me when I'm standing before him and say, man, Austin, well done. You're a good servant. You're a good soldier. You stepped up. Now, you know, as I stated, you know, the Kingdom Warrior series is bigger than just love, but love is the principal thing. They will know us as Christians by our love. Not by our prophecy, not by our gifts, not by our raising the dead or, or healing people or, or miracles. No, no, no. They're going to know you by your love. That's going to be the primary thing. And if we're going to be honest, let's ask ourselves a real deep question. Is that how the world sees us now? Does the world look at us and say, man, 
Those are some loving people. They're unconditional with their benevolence. They're, they're unconditional with how they deal with me. Is that how we're known? Is that how we're known? Because if we are, I'll sit down. I don't think so. I think there's a whole lot of judgment. There's a whole lot of conditional love being flown around in the name of Jesus. And I believe Jesus is saying, let's get it right. I'm trying to snap the, 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 the platoons in order. Jesus is trying to snap us in order. He's trying to get us to understand that we need to be motivated through love. Because that is the group he's going to go with. That's the group he's going to use mightily. That's the group that's going to usher in revival. That's the group that's going to bring the million soul har billion soul harvest. That's the group Jesus wants us to be a part of. House Church, do you want to be a part of that group? Or do you just want to be your own God? I want to be a part of that group. I want to be a part of the group that ushers in this revival, this next wave. And God's going to do it with people who love unconditionally. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Lord, give me a heart for humanity. Give me a heart for people who don't look like me, who don't act like me, who don't think like me. Give me a heart for the people that I have put in the, the marginal I don't care category, people that I don't see because they don't fit in the area of the people that I do see. As I was preparing for second service, the Lord said, Austin, I want you to give an altar call. I want you to give an altar call and call people who want my heart for humanity. Now, let's be clear. There's no judgment. If you don't feel comfortable coming up, that's cool. But Lord is looking for us to recommit to a posture of unconditional love because love is from God. But the thing about it is that he can give us more love. He can, he can give us more capacity. He, he, he began to show me, he's like, yeah, Austin, you know, if you have a desire to love people, I can give you more of that desire. And what it will do for you, Austin, is it will show you the areas of people that you haven't really loved and give you an opportunity to lean in there. Stand to your feet this morning. The altar is open. If you're feeling... Man, Austin, that, that, you know, your word really touched my heart this morning. I, I really want to lean in. I really want to be a good soldier this morning. I really want to, I want the Lord to touch me in this area. I, I, I invite you to come. Self-reflection is important. 
Spending time in this area is important. It's interesting, it's, it's you know, not loving a certain group isn't like an overt sin like stealing. We're very good at, at finding the areas that we, that, are, that, that we catch. Like, man, I stole and I, man, I'm sorry, Lord. Or, man, I told a lie here, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, we're very good at, at, the, at the things that we know and we've been taught about that we can see we need to repent of. But the Lord is saying, hey, today I want us to turn our hearts towards who we would consider the unlovable. Jesus wants their hearts too. Jesus wants their lives too. Jesus wants to touch and impact their sphere as well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Woo, thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, give me a heart for the things that break your heart. I say, man, thank you, Lord. He cares for that Muslim across the street from you. He, <laughs> he cares for that, that highly tattooed biker kid. He cares. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just say thank you, Lord. Come on, let's raise our hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Man, the Lord is saying, hey, house family, this is part of the preparation for us getting ready for the harvest. We got to be ready for the people that are going to be coming into this place. We can't be people that judge people that come in here. Come on, somebody. We can't be people who judge people who are going to start coming here because they don't fit in the box that we feel comfortable with. We can't judge people who come in here who don't look like us, who don't talk like us, who don't smell like us. I mean, you know, we got to be, we got to understand Jesus is bringing everybody because he wants everybody. He wants everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for whoever. He wants everybody. He wants all the whoever's. Don't get it twisted. He wants everybody. Everybody. And the house family, we're called to impact the world for him. So we want everybody too. Amen? Amen. Raise your hands to heaven. Lord God, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for, for heart surgery today. I thank you for, for how you're moving and, and shaping and, and helping us understand more about what it means to think like you, to love like you. Lord, we want to be good soldiers. We, we want to be good soldiers. We don't, we don't want to entangle ourselves with civilian affairs, Lord. We want to follow your directions. You're our CO. You're our captain. You tell us what to do and we'll follow. Spirit of God, I ask that you would move right now through the people. Touch hearts today, Lord. Touch hearts today, Jesus. Spirit of God, move today. Impact today. Lord, I ask that this week you would do a miraculous sign in all the people today that have chosen to have your heart.
I pray that they would have an encounter this week that would make it known to them that you are in that, that you will love the unlovable through them and that they will have an amazing encounter to seal what you want to do. Seal it today, God. Seal hearts today, Lord. Touch our hearts today, God. Help us to love like you do. Help us to see the world the way you see it. And help us move the world to look like the kingdom of God. Help us to be kingdom warriors for you. Understanding that a kingdom warrior loves first. Oh, that's so different than the world. Warriors are supposed to kill people and take over land and, and conquer. No, kingdom warriors love first. Kingdom warriors move through love. Love never fails. Watch what happens this week when you love somebody. Watch what happens this week when you decide to love somebody. Let the Spirit of God show you who to love, how to do it, and watch what God does. He will affirm this word. I guarantee it. God wants to do it. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah now. Oh, God. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he turn his face towards you, his countenance. Let it just, man, let it radiate over you. And let his shalom rest. His unconditional shalom, his, his nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, peace envelop you. And let us go and march from the posture of love. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you, house family. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. It's our hope that God touched your life in a truly meaningful way. And if you were impacted, please let us know by writing a review or share it with friends. If you'd like more information on The House Church, we would love to connect you with our community. Please visit us at iTheHouse.org for more information. We'll see you next week.